0: You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News.
1: Well, hello again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, February the 8th, 2019. It's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm Craig Hemke, and joining us, of course, this morning is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning.
0: Craig, good morning. Uh, Things are looking up here. The end of Chinese uh, Lunar New Year. Giddy up, go.
1: Yeah, let's giddy up and go. And my friend, I understand that... uh, You've got your pick of the month. It's one of your all-time favorites that, uh, that we've got rolling at Sprott Money this month. The, uh, if anybody was listening or hasn't listened yet to the Ask the Expert segment that we just posted at Sprott Money with Lorne Whitmore, who is uh, Vice President of Sales for the Royal Canadian Mint, he was discussing and mentioning this 40th anniversary gold maple from the Royal Canadian Mint. And man, it is it's very cool what they've done. So go to sproutmoney.com and check it out. It's Eric's Pick of the Month. Uh, it's, again, a special edition gold maple leaf, one ounce, 4.9 pure gold. You can buy it at Sprout Money. Call us at 888-861-0775 to pick up, I don't know, a couple of hundred of them if you want. Hey, uh, Eric. I,
0: I, I love them, Craig. I love them. I love owning them, too.
1: I know it's been one of your favorites for a long time, and, and I don't know if you've seen one of these 40th anniversary ones yet, but this is very, very cool.
0: Oh. I'll certainly look into that
1: all right my friend uh again we are we're hanging in there it has it feel you know we made it through Chinese New Year week like you said, and we've kind of it feels like it's been a blah week, but we're still only one percent off of where we peaked yeah. out you know a couple of days ago so we're hanging in there okay
0: yeah we're like eight bucks away from the uh for and uh you know luckily the day's not over we'll see right. maybe some people will buy in anticipation of uh of uh the lunar new year and the, uh, the Chinese gold buyers coming back because they're by far the biggest part of the market these days. So we have that to look forward to.
1: Well, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, there's more news this week. It's, it's been interesting to watch. You know, we've got the the bond market going up, which means interest rates are going down. And we've got the stock market starting to roll over. It'll be interesting to see if yeah. uh, that trend continues next week too.
0: Well, there was a, an article recently about how the uh, first quarter earnings estimates are are actually literally down now year over year Uh, we had lots of warnings of things that are going on in the economy one of the most striking things to me was uh, and I hope it's not uh, uh, totally unusual but the class 8 trucks which are the big trucks the orders in January down 68 percent and normally those track pretty closely how busy truckers expect to be so you can get a sense that the truckers aren't expecting to be that busy this year which is another sign of the economy so um there's lots of reasons to worry about where we're all going we've seen those downgrades in europe as to gdp uh we see chinese uh, data that's it gets weaker all the time we see weakness in in the u.s in terms of industrial production and pmis and things like that so yeah i think that uh The stocks could easily roll over here. And one of the unfortunate things with the market these days, there's so many of these algos and guys with computers. And the minute it starts going one direction, man, we all have to go to that side of the boat, right? Right. And and you can get sudden uh, changes in the market as we had the decline in in December, the rally into January, and maybe we'll get another decline here. It kind of looks that way. And uh, uh, people are sitting there uh, taking advantage of it, you know. Wash, rinse, repeat, let's go. we got to get some more money from those clients of ours, so here we are.
1: You know, Eric, it's a good time to ask you. We had uh, a regular listener uh, email us last week and wanted me to pass this question along, and it fits right in with what we're talking about, Uh, and that is if if QE does start again this year, what's your opinion on on just the broad markets, the equity markets, things like that? Will they react the way they always have with QE, or do you think uh, this time might be different?
0: Yeah. Well, there's a new theory for that. It's called MMT, Modern Monetary Theory. And it's the theory that, you know, you can actually get along with uh, negative interest rates. Oh, I can hardly even imagine that, right? Oh, my. Imagine putting money in the bank and you got to pay him. Yeah. Oh, my God. And, uh, I mean, how do you run a pension with negative interest rates? I mean, it's just it's shocking to think of it. Uh, but that's kind of where people think we're going, which, of course, I think would be – in Incredibly positive for for gold because it's really just printing okay i mean they can call it all they want quantitative easing uh but uh negative interest rates it's just printing of money so that if we go there i think it's very constructive for gold we already saw that when uh chairman powell said okay uh We're going to put the balance sheet uh, normalization on hold here for a second. Bang, gold goes up. People get it, okay? People around the world get it, even if Americans don't get it. Right. I mean, if you're living in Russia or Venezuela or China, lots of places, I mean, they get what the value of gold is versus the paper. And um, while I'm on that, I want to give you one example. I was reading, I was looking for for information about gold in India because there's such a big... Factor in the market, and they came across a a study put out there, and the guy said, "Well, yeah, the rupee is probably going to devalue ten percent this year." And I look at, "Hey, the rupee devalued ten percent last year." Hmm. Well, you know what? Those people in India—they don't own rupees; they own gold, man. They figured it out centuries ago that it's it's not worth owning, and then. Being as big a gold consumer as they are, do they need? Do they really need to be told over and over that your currency is going down ten percent a year? They've already got it figured out long ago, so that's going to be uh, going to be very very good for gold. Uh, and as just another little side note, has on the Indian page, I noticed that there's a state in India uh, where they give gifts to buy votes uh, for elections. Then they're going to give all new brides from um, poor families. Five hundred dollars worth of gold as part of the dowry, and of man, well, that should buy a few votes, but uh that 's kind of a neat thing, and of course, the guy knows exactly what gold means to people it 's yeah. the most it is the most significant thing you can give to an Indian bride, so God bless him
1: you free gold right free gold, baby. <laughs> We'll take it. Well, you know, you, you mentioned this modern monetary theory. I remember uh, taking my economics classes back, you know, decades ago when I was in college, and and the the idea back then was, that, you know, there was a, the proverbial choice between guns and butter. Remember that? Yeah, you could either have yeah, sure. guns or butter. Uh, modern monetary theory is: hey, you can have all the guns you want, you can have all the butter you want, you can have all the health, you know, the healthcare programs. It doesn't matter. And, I mean, Eric, if, if that's the direction we're headed, I would sure think the other uh, countries around the world that are rooted in reality probably wouldn't go along with it. That would probably have a pretty big impact on the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency, things like that, wouldn't it?
0: Sure, absolutely. And, of course, it's interesting that Europe that does have negative interest rates is the place where we're seeing the gold demand, right? The bigger gold demand has been out of Europe all of last year. And I think if we get that here in North America – and our people will brighten up a little, too, and realize, you know, what the best alternative is here. Because maybe you're looking at stocks going down. There's hardly any yield anyway. And, uh, gee, you know, you can own this gold. Uh, and as you and I discussed at least last week or the week before, the whole Basel III thing. Yeah. You know, where maybe these banks can start buying gold and there's no charge against your capital. And, oh, man, can you imagine the impact it could have on the gold price? Yeah. If those banks all decided to put a small amount of their uh, self-created uh, funding <laughs> into gold, yeah, it would be stunning.
1: Well, I wanted to address that because we kind of threw that on at the end last week about uh, the central banks bought six hundred and fifty-one metric tons of gold last year. Is the, the most gold they bought since nineteen sixty-seven. So why all of a sudden in two thousand eighteen could it be related to Basel three?
0: Yeah. I have no doubt about it. That uh, they, they maybe, maybe the central banks have it figured out. You know what? These banks that we're in charge of—they're all going to be buying gold next year. Uh, maybe we should buy a little here now. Let's front run them. Yeah. The central banks—they're the the BIS and the IMF and whatever in Basel—they're going to front run, front run the commercial banks. That's twisting things around a little normally it's the commercial bank's front running the central bank but maybe the central bank's got them this time
1: <laughs> maybe well and again that gold's coming from somewhere that's that's always the trick you know uh, all the gold that goes to india all the gold that the central banks are buying all the gold that's allegedly flowing into the etfs i don't know where they're getting it all do you have any idea that there's an asteroid out there that they're mining
0: well there's been some big numbers and as you and i have discussed i mean we get all these comex contracts that seem to go into vapor land over in england the contract disappears, and who knows whatever happens to it. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the, the the data on demand is staggeringly great. No question about it, whether it's central banks or ETFs or just people uh, doing things in various countries. And you know, we have our our own example of a precious metal where it looks like there's a shortage, and that's palladium, mm-hmm. and it's touching new highs here. I mean, it was pushing towards fourteen hundred dollars. The other day, uh, I've seen lots of articles by a fellow named David Jensen who's uh, suggesting that there's a bona fide shortage. We've seen the uh, palladium go out of the ETFs because they're using the ETFs to, fund, to, to source palladium. And, uh, and there's a short position on the COMEX market. There's an open interest of 2.9 million ounces. Yeah. And I'm not sure how big the palladium market is per year, but I'm suspecting it's around 6 million ounces. So in half a year's supp- uh, supply shorted, yeah. And there is none. Yeah. Well, what could happen? Yeah. And what happens if palladium explodes and people figure, oh, well, gee, maybe that could happen to silver or gold or, oh, my goodness, it could be could be dramatic. Yeah.
1: A lot of folks try to claim it's some kind of parabolic move. But if you pull up a, just a chart of the last six months, I mean, it's just steady. It's just a steady, steady. squeeze. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's interesting
0: that it's steady, okay? Because someone's short 2.9 million ounces. Yeah. And he probably wants to try to keep it steady. Right. You know, he, does, he doesn't He want a $100 move one day and tell the whole world, get your butt in here and buy this. Right. Because then the guy's really hooped. Right. So uh, it's probably totally orchestrated that it's a steady rise. And I think it's gone from, what, 800 to almost uh $1,400 in the yep. last year or something
1: like that. So 70%, 70% in six months. And Eric, just, just right. so people know the math on this one, we always talk about uh, how leveraged those COMEX markets are. Uh, there's about five times the amount of open interest ounces in gold than there is actual gold in the vaults. Total gold yep. in the vaults registered and eligible in Palladium. There's sixty-eight times. There's only forty. They only have forty-two thousand ounces in the vaults, but yet they have nice. two point nine million ounces of open interest. How does that even allowed? I, it's nice just on me, uh, Eric. Nice.
0: Maybe maybe you and I could start something here.
1: Hey, let's do it. Let's see what we can do. <laughs> uh, hey, let's finish by uh, touching on the shares. You know they've held in there very well. As, you know just as we talked about the metals, you feel like they've had a tough week, but this really hasn't been that bad. The shares have hung in there really well, too. They're off to a good start. They're well off the lows of late last year. Uh, in general, how do you feel? And you got any specific ones you want to talk about?
0: Sure. Sure. Uh, first of all, there's one. Other, before I talk about the shares, one other thing I want to talk about, I didn't mention this to you, but there's a very interesting um, cryptocurrency story in Canada where some guy had this cryptocurrency exchange. He dies, and nobody has the codes. Right. <laughs> Nobody except that guy knew the codes, (laughs) supposedly, okay? But all we know is that you can't go and find the stuff because the codes died with them. Now he he may have already spent the money ahead of time, I suspect he did. Uh, But anyway, it just kind of tells you how bizarre that whole trust in those people with those exchanges. And it's not the first exchange to go broke, by the way, there's probably four or five. So. Anyway, hopefully we don't have too many things like that happen in the gold market. Okay, the stocks, yeah, the the, um, the indices have done well. I think we're basically in a bull market in the UE, if I'm not mistaken, the UE Gold Index. Uh, we've had, of course, some good action in some of the things we're involved with, uh, including the Kirkland. And I only have one comment about uh, one of the stocks that I have uh, previously mentioned here, and that's uh, Wallbridge Mining. They came out with a, a news release on their... Um, bulk mining results to date, was one of the better news releases I've read, by the way. A lot of news releases are so difficult to understand, but they made it so clear as to exactly what's happening. And uh, it was interesting that their average grade is going to be something like 17-plus grams. And um, I went back and looked at the highest-grade gold mines in the world, and I got this data from 17. And the highest-grade gold mine in the world was, of course, uh, Fosterville. Yep. But the second highest was at 17 grams. Hmm. And uh, not that this is a mine yet, but, you know, when you find 17 grams, you're hitting the ball out of the park here. So if they can ever get it into uh, commercial production with those kind of gr- those kind of grades, it's going to turn, uh, turn some big dollars here. So I, I'm kind of excited by it, and uh, everyone should probably take a bit of a look at it because the drilling has been... Um, pretty
1: good. Interesting story, my friend. Hey, and before we wrap up, I just want to uh, direct everybody back again to that Sprott Money uh, page where if you click on uh, Sprott Money Radio, you'll find all of the the recent Ask the Expert segments, and they're usually pretty good, and I can say that because I have to record them myself, and I've listened to them (laughs) as I go, and they're always pretty interesting. And this most recent one with Lauren Whitmore, who's the Vice President of Sales of the Royal Canadian Mint, was actually uh, quite fascinating. Uh, you can find that again at SproutMoney.com. You'll hear Lauren discuss these 40th anniversary maple leaves, which again are just terrific. So please go to SproutMoney.com or also just uh, call us if you want to learn more about uh, the, the maple leaves or any other coin that we have. 888-861-0775. Eric, fascinating week ahead, too, with a lot of inflation data and other economic data as the government plays catch-up down here in the U.S. I very much look forward to talking to you next Friday and seeing where we are.
0: We've had a good start to the year, and uh, it looks looks pretty exciting here for those that uh, are playing in the game here. So um, I look forward to the next week myself.
1: Let's do it. And from all of us here at Sprout Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening, and have a great weekend.